It is the middle ground between light and shadow, between science and superstition, and it lies between the pit of man's fears and the summit of his knowledge. This is Time Enough Podcast. Welcome to Time Enough Podcast, where we talk about episodes of the Twilight Zone and beyond. This is Matt here. Hi, Mark. Hi, I'm beyond. Do you want a Do you want a penny? Yeah. Is that enough for your thoughts? Probably. Yeah. Like, like, give them for free, or give like some real money, right? Isn't like a penny kind of like like insulting? It's well, like I think in bucks. 1960, that was like 25 cents, right? Well, you could buy like, like a quarter. One, even then, though, you could buy like one piece of bubble gum, you know? Cool. I guess he bought I'm that in. newspaper for a penny. But was that a penny or a nickel? It wasn't actually a penny. I don't think it was a penny, actually. Yeah. It was like a quarter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a penny, even in 1961, is not, it's kind of insulting if that's what I'm paying you, is what I'm saying. Like it's but like, if they called it a quarter for your thoughts, then what? It's like, you know, like nine ninety nine for your thoughts. That's a little more reasonable. This and is you, get uh, pennies. you still get pennies in that transaction as well. This is a really fun episode to talk about to me because I think it's probably my favorite one of these I've been on here to talk about as far as the nuts and bolts of the episode, but the setup is complete nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> there's no there is no it might as well just be someone just like if a witch showed up and just shot him with lasers that gave <laughs> that him been cool. could, that would make more sense than this okay yeah that makes it we'll, we'll get into that a little more because I'll, I'll have a few thoughts on that as well but uh let's let's get a penny trivial. for him let's get trivial can i paypal trivial. you a penny oh that would be insulting Probably not. It? and Probably it's a penny of crypto penny of crypto <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what well, Dogecoin for your thoughts? Yeah, hey, one Dogecoin. How much is that worth? Nothing. I don't know. More than a penny, I think. I just know. I think I bought. I think I transferred twenty bucks of my PayPal into crypto, and I think it's now ten bucks. So whatever. Cool. <laughs> well, that's not so cool, is it? I lost ten bucks, but whatever. No, you're supposed to be happy because the free market is working. Oh, you're okay. supposed to be happy about it. Okay. Like I'm I've happy, like I've been reading people on the it. internet where they announced the new PlayStation VR is five hundred fifty dollars and. A lot of people are like, I'm glad they're selling this for that price point. It's good that they're charging this much for it. Okay. I don't understand people, but people I are idiots. The last game system I bought was like a Wii, so what do I know? <laughs> you should be uh, glad that they sold the Wii for as much as they did. Oh right. Helping the economy there. It actually uh, was pretty overpriced for what it was <laughs> when it came out. Hey, I people are still using it in my house, so I guess it was worth it. Yeah, I have one. It's right over there. You can't see it, but... I, I don't believe you then. Uh, for this episode, okay. the original air date was February 3rd, 1961. This whimsical script is from that whimsical Twilight Zone contributor, George Clayton Jones. James Sheldon directed. It's one of a few stints he did in the zone. He also directed episodes for shows such as MASH, 
the man from Uncle and Sledgehammer. Dick York returns, having played a part in season one's The Purple Testament. Of course, he's best known as the first Darren on Bewitched, as well as his role as teacher Bertram Cates in 1960's Inherit the Wind. Helen was played by June Dayton. She appeared in many TV guest roles, including a recurring five times on Perry Mason. Dan Tobin played Mr. Bagby, and he appeared on film and television, generally typecast as the insufferable prick as he is here. Interestingly, his last role was alongside John Houston in Orson Welles' The Other Side of the Wind. Though it shot in 1970, it sat on the back burner and was not released until 2018. So that's pretty wild. Get a movie released 40 years after you're gone. <laughs> Mr. Smithers was played by Cyril Delavanti. He was a prominent actor on the London stage, but eventually emigrated to the U.S., where he appeared in many bit parts and films, um, often uncredited. Uh, like many actors of this time, he shifted into television, and he will appear in three more episodes of The Twilight Zone. So at least they liked him here. And I mean, not to be too blasé, but I was like, I, I, I was like, he's in three more. He looks on Death's Door in this one. <laughs> 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 so yeah i, I guess it, uh, i forget what the date was for his birth i mean he obviously was not the spring chicken at the time but i don't know how'd you feel i just people looked like, older back then i i didn't look at him but you know like as you know we're also sort of going over the prisoner on a separate thing and i've keep i keep looking up trivia for that and almost everyone who's in the prisoner died like the year after it was made it was uncanny <laughs> and yeah. a lot of them don't look particularly old so i don't i don't know i don't know what anything is anymore no this this guy kept kicking for a while apparently so yeah it just i don't know maybe it's because i've been watching the videotaped episode so seeing the stark black and white of an old man's wrinkles you know on film again so it might that sounds horrible when you say it that way. Okay. <laughs> mm, people were older back then. It's just a fact. People looked older than uh, they do now. This, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> it was just weird because it's yeah, my little phrase there sounded slightly wrong, but there wasn't anything particularly wrong about it, I guess. Um, here mm. is a prologue. It's short. You don't have much to do today. Okay, so I'm going to make it really annoying then. Mr. Hector B. Poole, president of the Twilight Zone. Flip a coin and keep flipping it. What are the odds? Half the time it will come up heads. Half the time tails. You're still failing. <laughs> but in one freakish chance in a million, it'll land on its edge. Mr. Hector B. Poole, a bright human coin on his way to the bank. Yep, thank God that one's short. You did crack in the middle there, though, so you don't get take two. Well, take I'm not one. Gonna, take one. I'm not finish. Good at it. <laughs> <laughs> um, first off, yeah, I, at the beginning, like you said, there's the ridiculous contrivance that this whole telepathy episode is started by the um, random landing of a coin on its edge. Dude's like, that's a one in a million chance. Which like, is it? I mean, it doesn't seem like completely out of, you know, there could be a little defect in the wood that kind of catches the coin, right? Um, you could also test this a million times and it wouldn't give you 
power to read minds. Just saying. Uh, oh, okay. There's also that. I'm, I'm just thinking like it's not a million and one chance in the first place. Um, Probably not. No. I got this foam dice we toss around in, in class, and every once in a while it, it lands on a corner, like probably at least once a month. So I guess it's more likely that's going to happen because it's a rug and it's a foam dice, but still. Yeah, the, to me it's just extremely weird that that gives him powers because that I mean, doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> it makes zero sense. It gives, it gives me powers. I, I know what my students are going to answer with before they say it. But that's actually more experience, isn't it? <laughs> so, wow, uh, Hector Pool just really takes a while to figure out what's actually happening. Well, <laughs> I like the fact that he gets hit by a car. <laughs> before, well, and it's still like, wait, what? If you what? suddenly had a whole bunch of voices in your head, like, and you didn't know why, that doesn't seem unreasonable. I mean, it's played in... Uh, this, this is an episode that's interesting because it almost does it, it hits more tv tropes of the time i think than the twilight zone generally does mm -hmm. like the like you said the weird nonsensical plot manipulation with the coin um you know they just like what everyone's thinking is like weirdly scripted sounding right which i don't think is what anyone's <laughs> thoughts are like you should get weird yeah. stream of conscious gibberish yeah you wouldn't get i know what i'll do i'll take this money to the horse race I'll bet exactly this much on this horse. That's what I'll do. I'll do it after work today. Like, yeah, nobody nobody would think that in their head. I mean, maybe they do. Maybe some people do. I yeah. TV if, writers. If, if that's you, tell us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, please write into the podcast and tell us if you just think I will now go to the refrigerator and get a slice of bread. I will put meat on the bread. I will then put cheese on the bread. Then I'll put it in a sandwich bag and take it with me to work. I'll eat it around six thirty. Yeah, <laughs> if, that, that's if that's how you become a uh, high-paid Hollywood writer, TV writer. Um, but mm. and then some of the people are like talking to him directly in their thoughts, right? They're like, "You, you did this, you or something. stupid idiot." <laughs> that was kind of realistic, though. <laughs> but you just you would just think stupid idiot. You wouldn't put the pronoun on it because you don't need it in your head. Or hey, maybe that's just me. I don't know how other people think. This this show could be super accurate for all I know. I think if I'm driving, I will think you idiot. But I'm not like stare standing in front of them and talking to them directly. Right, talking because they are like talking to him with their minds, which is kind of a weird office, I guess. If everyone does that, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you so? Were you thinking there was going to be a plot twist where it turned out that everyone knew that? Did you think that? watching this for the first did you have seen this before did you know what was um, happening i'm not sure i i okay didn't, well i felt like this pretty were much you thinking played how was, it was gonna play yeah okay that makes sense. i was just wondering because uh, you know a lot of times i kind of think it's gonna end up being more elaborate than it actually is i guess i i did actually think the guy was gonna rob the bank but i did think that at first yes i i, I joined um pool and assuming that was he he was getting accurate information so Which this I mean, is why well this is why i think this is my favorite episode that we've gone over so far is that there are a lot of moving parts and uh a lot of different like it's a great like ensemble that kind of weaves in together where you have the guy who fantasizes about robbing the bank and the guy who actually thinks about the terrible things he does and the guy who thinks about his mistress and the lady who is has an insatiable need 
desperate need to be with uh, Dick York and you know and Dick York's just weird tall awkwardness that works so well for this character yeah there's just a a lot going on I don't think so okay just like overestimating people's age over here I think she's oh no I looked it up mid-20s probably what oh no no she's five years older than Dick York I actually checked oh weird (laughs) how how much older does does the lady have to be before we call it a cougar situation I think it's 10 okay okay five is like kind of normal actually yeah okay see I just I don't know these things um (laughs) oh one one thing I was slightly disappointed by was um the horses names were not nearly whack enough for the Kentucky Derby because you know horse names because it was just like you know like little sprinter or something where real horse names are completely insane or like she's taking my pants off or sideways through the through the mail slot yes those sort of things that's what i wanted in my horse names <laughs> plastic cup full of urine plastic cup full of urine around the bend i don't know, <laughs> I, don't know. I even feel the need to look up like the worst horse racing names uh, <laughs> while, while you please give us do. your next thought <laughs> please do uh yeah the, well the thing is she, they have really great chemistry even though like a lot of the chemistry is just him reading her mind i guess but it's um but i don't she, know there's she, a lot of the sorry go ahead she definitely doesn't fit with like um yeah she she's she's kind of too much of a 50s woman for the twilight zone i think <laughs> yeah maybe but maybe but also she sort of is like when she, as soon as she has a chance she's like you're gonna take you're gonna take control you're gonna take that corner office so uh, okay. i guess it would be different if she was like you're gonna make him give me the corner office okay 10 bad horse racing names but it's from a website called the spoof does that mean they're real or not i don't like that but go ahead okay i'll just read what i got because i can't spend too much time doing this uh quit horsing around that's pretty obvious oh here's a good one what <laughs> What's that smell? Um, athlete's hoof, the galloping gilding, whatever. Jockey on board. Oh, here's a good one. Giddy up, bitch. Um, <laughs> horse face, Alpo boy. Okay, number nine is the best. Look at the SOBs in my rear view mirror. See, I don't wow. even know if these are real or not because horse names are just so weird. You know, those aren't. Those aren't like terrible okay here t- top 10 worst names for a racehorse um from horsevilles.com hoof hearted it's I actually banned in the uk what oh hoof hoof if you hearted. say it five, I get, if I you say it, it five times fast you realize it's a clever double entendre that made it past jockey club sensors okay ha 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 is one yeah I ghost that. zapper oh here's a couple good yeah i got ghost zapper that's fantastic do Ooh, here's terrible. a good one. Odor in the court. <laughs> I think I like All the right, smell. I but... like that. I think I like it's the like smell... what court? <laughs> yeah, I think I like the smell base names the best. She sells seashells. That's pretty bad. Yeah. Oh, oh sofa can fast. Okay, got it. Okay. <laughs> Spineless jellyfish. Huh? Uh. Red hot Wait, chili pepper. Wait, there's oh, a no, horse but... where where the, the the guy named the horse after himself. That's cool. 
It's Clyde like Van Dusen. He just named the horse also Clyde Van Dusen. That keeps that thing. Here we go. <laughs> this one's all in lower cases with no spaces. Oh no, it's my mother-in-law. <laughs> no spaces, all lowercase. Okay. Okay. Anyway, it's like bad, that, bad, not good. So that's my disappointment with this episode. That the horse names are way too sane. <laughs> well. I don't feel like Twilight Zone is the type of thing where they're going to throw in like a funny horse, but who I knows mean, really? I mean, I'll be honest. I, I perfectly enjoyed watching this episode for me. It's, um, and I don't remember specifically which ones we've done, but like, it certainly, it didn't, I didn't find it to be like a giant standout. So I'm kind of curious. Uh, you said the moving parts, um, what, what yeah. was the special sauce for you? It was just a. It was just the fact that this guy had to deal with the the our main character had to deal with something like eight different people, and they all had sort of they all sort of wove in and out from each other. That was. I, I guess that would be a. Um the the writer George Clayton Jones's. I guess that's kind of his strength. <laughs> like from he's only this is only like the third or fourth episode he's done he's written so far, but I guess he has kind of a. Uh, quirky sitcom-y thing that's why my trivia is like whimsical script from that whimsical writer because he's like the whimsical yeah. one you know you know where i feel like richard matheson is kind of like the the hard sci-fi super trippy one rod serling just rod serling he, he is the twilight zone right so i, I yeah the, I, I, for me i guess out of the regular writers um clayton george clayton jones i guess at this moment is probably my least favorite <laughs> I mean, I, I do like the stories about isolation or where, I mean, we had what, just a few episodes ago, there was an episode where it was literally just a woman alone screaming and there was no, there was almost no dialogue in it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, like, right. Like that. I mean, I think that's technically a much better episode than this, but this is just, I don't know, fun. It felt like a Seinfeld episode or something. Th this one's certainly more rewatchable. Mm hmm Yeah. Oh, another thing, um, you know, he's he's now reading minds, but yet they're talking about Smithers, about him committing crimes while talking like behind like just a single sheet of plastic. Like he can probably hear you a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you're not thinking this, you're saying it. Maybe he'd like missed, maybe like after a few hours had already like kind of lost the distinction. I don't know. Maybe he just is that old and he didn't hear and maybe it's the pool lineage, you know, uh, Frank pool. lets how lip read him in 2001. So hmm. <laughs> interesting. Those dang pools. <laughs> but yeah, it's just, it's just a fun episode where a lot of, it has a lot of fun characters just being wacky screwballs to each other. It's, I mean, sort of like a most unusual camera, but it, I think it works better than that did because that was sort of, as as insane as it is for a coin to just give a guy powers, it's not as insane as a bunch of people just falling out of a window. Yeah, but in there, in, in, before that, we have a like rando knife fight. I mean, <laughs> that kind yeah, of as, whack. See, I think I found that kind of whack like a little more appealing, though. As the podcast episode length belies, there wasn't like that much to talk about in that episode. You know. <laughs> well, also those were kind of better actors than these. Okay, what's your take on uh, Dick York? Oh, he's great. It's you, like his his you, physicality makes it 
great. Yeah, yeah. Like, are you a, are you a, a scaring guy. guy? I guess. Okay. I don't know how much I've really watched that show, but I I never really thought about it. And I, I you, never really thought about a preference personally. Um because in season one, we also have Dick York in the, the Purple Testament, which I thought, mm-hmm. like, I thought that was a more fascinating use of him, that being a pretty serious episode. So his weird energy in that is interesting. Like, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it doesn't quite fit, but it somehow works. I mean, it works here too, but it's just, it's Dick York doing Dick York stuff here, you know? It feels, it reminded me of Jim Carrey, even though I guess I should say Jim Carrey reminded me of Dick York, but it was like this, um, just painfully awkward, naive dude, just fumbling his way through. You know, somebody who was more of a a suave, like clever person would have like maneuvered their way through the situation immediately. But he really does kind of come across as like kind of kind of an endearing idiot. Like he doesn't even seem to like he doesn't even seem to know that his coworker likes him until the kind of the very end. Oh, come on. We've all done plenty of that, though. My note does say if Miss Turner and Dick hook up, they will have the dullest intercourse ever. <laughs> Five minutes of shirts on grinding that results in both of them crying. It It's going to be something like. He won't know what he's doing and she'll keep asking him uh, if he's comfortable. It'll be that. Yeah, yeah, that sort of thing. So they won't they won't have any idea how bad it is, so. It'll be okay. Okay, as long as they're happy. They uh, won't but... they'll be happy. They'll be they'll be happy until about maybe 10 or 15 years down the line when they get bored of each snaps. other. <laughs> <laughs> She'll discover pillows or something. I don't know. She probably cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> Why would I do that? <laughs> um, this is a family podcast for families. Is it if you if you're getting your family circling around the old timey radio, listen to this? It's okay. Thanks, I guess. <laughs> mm. Um. Now we talk about Paul being kind of like gangly, awkward, not knowing how to deal with people. But by the end of the episode, he's basically engaging in psychic blackmail to move up the corporate ladder. That's a yeah. little hardcore. <laughs> but I mean think about how much farther he could have taken it you know it's like just the the fact that he's basically just kind of mildly blackmailing a guy who's cheating on his wife and pretty much just gets himself a promotion that maybe he deserves or at least the episode wants me to think that he deserves it and then gives smithers a ticket to bermuda which maybe he deserves that too who knows maybe he doesn't i mean we only have miss turner's you know um, opinion on the veracity of his job performance when she's already smitten. So <laughs> it'd be funny if he just went back to him like a week later and he's just basically sitting in his just sitting in his new office, just spinning around in a chair, not doing anything. I, I think I wanted a Miss Turner who was a little less of a, um, you know, puppy dog following him around, I guess. For me, that actually would have greatly improved the episode to have her be a little bit more of a character. Yeah. It's it's just one of those things. Maybe it's sixties TV or maybe it's Twilight Zone. It always seems to feel like, yeah, why don't you go just find yourself a nice gal and settle down right now? But then That's we what got the like, Twilight Zone feels like it's telling me a lot of the time. But then we got like you know Mirror Image or the Hitchhiker that really manages to like get into the um the leading 
actress's head, right? Or even not That's... too long ago, um, you know, the uh, what was it, the lateness of the hour? That was a very interesting. I mean, she was a she was a spoiler alert robot, but you know, she was a robot with a lot of character. I thought you were <laughs> gonna say she was spoiled. Oh, well, she might. Well, maybe, but well, she that's the thing. Wants, then she was a robot. We have these twilight zones where we have these women that do have a actual psychological profile and some agency. A world of its own is another one, and then kind of the disturbing twist is, you know, that is taken away, and they become like they do. They they all become, you know, functionally robots, or they don't exist anymore, or whatever. You know, you're right. So anyway, I just yeah. I, I yeah, that like, that would have made this. This was not. Um, this was not heavy. I mean, Miss Turner. I'm not saying that Miss Turner needs to be like mind wiped by the end. I'm just saying that, um, you know, she could have like a little more fire to her. A little, you know. She just basically had more agency than, uh, than, than Dick York did. I forgot his character's name already. What Frank? Pool. No, no, more... Frank, Frank is the 2001 guy. But, but just a oh. pool. <laughs> Pool's good enough. I almost <laughs> said Frank Booth. <laughs> no, um, she she had um, she had a little more agency than he did, which is not much. Oh, I didn't even bother to put the character's name into my trivia. That's why I just wrote Dick York returns, but uh, the name is Hector Pool. Hector. Yeah. Right. I'm so. looking at my notes and it says Hector. I don't know what's wrong with me. Yeah. Yeah. She has she has a little more agency than he does, which is not much. I think nobody in this episode has very much agency. Including the guy who hits hits him with a car and and can't call him an idiot out loud. <laughs> yeah, that was super passive aggressive. And uh, man, would I be that judgmental after bonking a guy with my car? I don't. I don't know. Oh, by the way, I got hit by a car is a perfectly reasonable excuse to be late to work. I think. <laughs> yeah, but this capitalism, baby, got to keep the keep the savings and loan going. So stressful to balance your wife with your girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, you you don't want to you don't want to be like it's a wonderful life and then have everybody try to get their money out, right? Yeah, I suppose. But yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the only thing that happens at banks. <laughs> <laughs> it, it it's got like the fan, the fun wackiness. Not fun the fun whackness, I should say, of the Twilight Zone. And but the the wackiness mm. is a little a little it's they have done better wackiness for me. Sorry, I I'm not mm. you you Doug well, like, like I, I said, I've that. only been on here for like six or seven. This isn't, this doesn't hold up to like my favorite five or six or seven episodes so far, but it's just my favorite one that I've been on here specifically to talk about, I think. Yeah, I'm having a look in, um, yeah, sorry, season two, you didn't get the best ones. <laughs> I mean, ah. you know, just, you know, we, we had to talk about Christmas, right? So <laughs> doesn't matter as long as I get to watch them. Oh, here we go. I liked Mr. Beavis better than this one. Okay, no, I didn't like Mr. Beavis better than this one. I did like Mr. Beavis, but not not better than this one. This uh this had a little more of a uh, this just did is that Mr. Beavis sort of had he goes to location one, he goes to location two, he goes to location three. Yeah. You know? I'm look I'm looking back on the schedule. And okay, here here's ones that we did that I would for sure put above this episode with uh Judgment Night, of course, that's not a funny one. Third from the Sun, I, I I think I preferred that. I know no one likes the Fever, but I just like the talking slot machine, so I'm going to put that <laughs> above this one. And um, are... and and no one likes LG, and I seem to like that one more than everyone else. So I hmm. I, I would put all those above this myself. I'm just that, that's why I'm curious. Interesting. 
why it caught your fancy so much. <laughs> I, you know, putting them all on a list like that, they're all pretty close. I just think this one just kind of is fun. No, no, no. no. As I said, I certainly enjoyed watching, but this is like if I am cherry picking episodes on a rewatch, I probably won't be watching this one unless I had just been like binging, you know, bewitched a week or two before or something, which I've never done in my life. So it's unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, this is it. The, the setup is, is patently ridiculous. And that's probably part of why it's fun is because it's just, the setup is completely insane and the, yeah the, yeah the first time i watched i guess i was like what that's it and then when it knocks out at the end i'm like what that's that <laughs> yeah but but you know there there could be a version of this where it's just the guy who he thinks he's going to rob the bank and he thinks he's going to rob the bank the whole time and then we get to the end and then you find out he didn't rob the bank like that could that could have been the entire episode yeah yeah maybe but it wasn't yeah. No, no. I think so. I'm thinking of it in in those terms where, or the or the psychic girlfriend angle could have been the entire thing. Yeah, because I so feel it's... like I I am sitting here kind of ragging on this episode more than I usually do, but I, it's not that I didn't well, like it. Um. So, but I well, could've... I mean, I said it was my favorite one that we've gone over, so you reserve the right to state your case why it's not your favorite one. That's totally okay. legit. Okay, that makes sense. It doesn't so, change that you're not like we're not trying to convince each other. Right. Like as far as, you know, quality of we're back on film. I mean, it definitely like it's there's a certain that's it's now that I've gotten through most of videotape episodes, you know, you just luxuriate in the film now more than before. You know, in the first season we already <laughs> yeah. thought it looked good, but now that I've done the videotape, I'm like, oh God, yes, everything looks great now. <laughs> Yeah, and I don't even remember which one of those were on ones of those were on tape aside from the Santa one. Um, the other ones that we've watched so far that were on video. I I don't I think we still might have another one or two in the future. But uh what do we got? The whole truth. Night of the Meek, Lateness of the Hour, the whole truth, that's right. Um yeah. a twenty two, which is next week's episode. Right. That that one being very good, but uh you might have benefited a bit from being on film. Mm. There, there maybe statics the other one. Yeah, but uh yeah, all of those well the thing about lateness of the hour is that it was sort of it it sort of was stuff that had been done, I guess. It felt like it felt kind of like I knew what was going on pretty early when I was watching that. Well, yeah, that one has a very you know stage play feel partly because of the video and i yeah. feel like it might have had more of a gothic feel if they had done it on film which i kind of think might have been better um I, I do like that episode quite well so that it was... that is that's one where i really wish they had done it on film uh 22 yeah. as well 22 would have had a much more kind of creepy goth it already has a very creepy gothic feel but it would have had a little more of one i think if they had shot it on film that's next and, week, though, so I shouldn't talk about it too much. <laughs> and the whole the whole truth is one of those where it was just really fun. I mean, the ending kind of made it because that was a totally unnecessary. Oh yeah, that was insane. Totally unnecessary ending. That's a forgettable. <laughs> it's great, I love it. That's a forgettable it. episode. But as I said at the time, yeah, I, I do appreciate that the dialogue is just like cracking in that one. Like if you like, you, yeah, if you just like read the dialogue or listen to um. I forget the actor's name, but him deliver it. It's like, okay, th this episode definitely has like, you know, like a, a, a pinch hit at least. He's, so. he's a better written 
he's a better written villain than any of the villains in this episode for sure oh yeah 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 i guess we are just kind of you know watching entertainingly uh mingling cardboard cutouts in this episode so me singling out um yeah. miss turner sorry that's what it says in my notes she has a name <laughs> helen turner. helen they even say helen. Helen. just in my note i wrote miss turner so i keep on her miss turner but helen yes mm -hmm. <laughs> i can call her miss turner's it's the office right she's the the prettiest girl in the office yeah. pool the accounting pool yeah i think the worst thing about helen is just the uh what do you call it like the uh what do you call it when you just hand the protagonist like a trophy girlfriend? Um, There's like a tr term for that trope. Well, it's like that thing where it's 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 it. like a thing that happens in anime a lot, where like the protagonist finds a girl in a chest and just <laughs> there you go, he has his perfect girlfriend because she doesn't like the fifth element, you know. It's like yeah. you you have this perfect setup where you can read someone's mind and they like you like that bam you're in there like there's no actual difficulty <laughs> it's like the opposite of of a sad that's the opposite of crouching tiger hidden dragon <laughs> i mean how, how out of whack is hector I, I guess that's why i preferred mr beavis they like really go out of their way by telling you all of his bizarre hobbies and stuff like you at least get a feeling why this guy can't just like go to a bar and meet people you know um where Hector, yeah. probably, i mean he's 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 a little bit of an introvert of course but it doesn't seem like he's like that dysfunctional i bet if mr beavis and hector were friends then like they wouldn't like each other the first time i watched mr beavis so i i also thought i was watching dick york i didn't realize till after it's like and i checked i was like oh wait wait that's the different actor so they definitely do tie together in my mind. I thought it was Crisp and Glover's dad. Oh, was it? I think okay. We went over this. It, it, no, it's, yeah, it, it wasn't. But I was like, it looked like Crisp and Glover. Oh, like, okay. But yeah, yeah, and that yeah, it wasn't him, but it's same energy, right? So yeah, for sure. I do, I do and and we're about in the same part of the season, so I guess they're you know kind of twin episodes in a certain way. <laughs> yeah, I feel maybe. like this is the Mister Beavis of season two. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Beavis 2, Mr. Yeah. Butthead. <laughs> I don't know. Man. Uh, uh, but 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 yeah, that that was one of the worst things to me about the episode was just that he sort of gets it magically can cyclically read the mind of somebody who likes him, which is just like way too convenient. But right, right. But it I mean again the because again you're like oh yeah it's the best one of your episodes i guess that's why i'm sitting here like critically mm -hmm. like dissertating it so hard i probably wouldn't otherwise i'd just be like oh yeah it was fun oh so I, there's a problem if i like it then is that was that a thing no i'm just like that like that made my tone be like okay i want to critically access uh critically dive into this one more than i usually do <laughs> i really like i i tend to just really like to be as objective as possible in any of the stuff where it's like there have been a bunch of things where i posted them on facebook and someone was like that's my favorite episode and i had to comment like well it wasn't really our favorite episode <laughs> yeah i'm sure this is somebody's <laughs> favorite episode especially folks that are just massive Dick york fans i mean I'm a hardcore Trekkie. Yeah, I like both of the Shatner episodes quite well. And I, I recently heard on a different podcast, people just, you know, like ripping Nick of Time a new one. So mm, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My friend Nick, who's, 
uh, commented that his, <laughs> King Nine will not, King Nine will not return was his favorite episode, and I was like, "Well, we weren't super nice to that one, but you should listen anyway." I mean, there's a creepy atmosphere that would get someone, you know, press someone's specific buttons, right? Where you and I were like, "Well, I don't know. I feel like they've done this better in other places." Yeah, you can make the case either way, really. Like, I. I don't know. It's like I keep saying over and over again, there aren't really any bad episodes here. Like there is, I mean, except maybe like the chaser, but even that is like, that has its proponents. It, it's still, that's still more interesting than like the, the dumb version. There's like a dumb version of that, that you could do that probably has been done a bunch. <laughs> Cause um, he's like a literally about to murder her at the end. So that's, that's automatically pretty edgy. Yeah, we got a little bit edge there, so for sure. Let's do the questions. Who in this mm -hmm. episode goes through the Twilight Zone, enters the Twilight Zone? I guess it would have to be Hector because everyone else just sort of is in Hector's world. I mean, everyone else has to sort of take his word for it. I don't know if anybody even really quite believes that he could read minds except helen for... gets proof because he's st helen yeah and lines that he then repeats so she knows that yeah she, she's at least in on it and that she's she's accepting it's happening right she has proof but it's almost like the one she's like the one person who he could probably t i it would it would have been really cool if she just sort of like stabbed him in the back at the end and took everything somehow <laughs> 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 or got him committed for mind reading but nah not this episode uh mr. yeah it was him mr bagby certainly gets um his life affected by the twilight zone because apparently he was keeping his affair quite a well-guarded secret uh you know but his his thoughts betrayed him yeah now his crappy loveless marriage will last even longer yeah yeah, yeah. but he's i mean he was definitely affected by the twilight zone because he well he got his comeuppance in the uh in the vocabulary of the episode but you know i feel like he would have messed up eventually anyway <laughs> like don't they uh, always yeah 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 it, probably but just at this point like the twilight zone definitely sped up the process <laughs> yep well, the um, twilight zone taketh away i don't think smithers um has enough to really notice he'll just be like well why am i suddenly getting a trip to bermuda that's pretty hip what if he starts freaking out and then like loses his mind? <laughs> then does he go to the Twilight Zone? Well, it is, I feel like I mean, wouldn't wouldn't you kind of if you if you just sort of talked about things and suddenly you magically had a plane ticket? Wouldn't that like really mess with you? That would mess with me a lot. Yeah, honestly. What, what he he dreams about robbing the bank and then going to like a different tropical location every day and he's, he's keeping it to himself it's in his mind. So I guess that's cool. But I was just I was just having my rewatch of. Full Metal Jacker, it's like, you know, like, um, oh, what, what, he uses, he doesn't say Pyle, he uses the guy's real name, which I've now forgotten. But he's like, yeah, Pyle's now talking to his gun, which that made me think of Smithers a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> what if he just goes to Bermuda and then just walks into the ocean? Right, right. Oh, God, can, what is Pyle's, Vincent, Vincent's the actor's name? Uh... Clarence? Sorry, I just watched it last. I even got like an hour 10 into Full Metal Jack, which rarely happens. I've seen it like three times and I have no idea what its name is off the top of my head. Yeah, I've seen the complete movie like maybe twice. I've seen the first 45 minutes like 
30 times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that had to have at least happened. Uh, even on IMDb, he's listed as private pile. Like, what? Okay, <laughs> he, he does use it because that's like the, the rare spark of humanity in those first 45 minutes because he, he uses the guy's actual name and expresses a real thought, which is almost completely lacking in those first 45 minutes. So, um, I, I mean, the, I, the assessment on that is I, I think generally like 45 minutes of a perfect movie followed by a pretty good war movie. Okay, his name is Leonard Lawrence. Leonard, there we go. Leonard's been talking to his gun. Sorry, I just I felt like it doesn't mm. it, it doesn't vibrate right vibrate right unless you get the right name right. <laughs> um, anyway, back back into a penny for your thoughts. A very different thing than the first forty five minutes of Full Metal Jacket. Um, <laughs> did I almost polar opposite? Uh, did Hector deserve his trip into the Twilight Zone? Yeah, uh, sure. Well, he benefits from it. That's uh, a again, tough one. Yeah, he he gets out. This is one of those. A lot like Mr. Beavis, where he gets there are no downsides at he gets, all. He gets rough sitcom situations. He gets fired for a bit. Um, and then Mr. Beavis did not get his job back, did he? Because it was a crappy job. No, he didn't want it back. Where Hector B. Poole wants to, you know, become a a middle aged banker scumbag. That's his goal in life. So maybe he doesn't deserve this. Yeah, he's on his way. (laughs) I mean, he seems nice now, but 10 years down the line, and now he's in his his loveless marriage with with Helen. I mean, it started off nice, but they're bored of each other. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe you know, this this ultimately couldn't, maybe Hector could have done better things if he had not had this situation. I don't know. I'm reading in way too much. I am. I am. Cynical. I'll bet anything that their first fight that he's just stares at her and like tries to read her mind and then she's like are you trying to read my mind and just like throws stuff at him like i bet that, i bet that's just a thing the entire rest of their relationship yeah yeah that situation you gotta, be, you gotta play it like neil degrasse tyson at least the the key and peel version will actually <laughs> yeah tweet tweet at her how she's wrong i don't know <laughs> i am yeah i uh, i, I, I I said, I'm for some reason this is like the most cynical one of these I've done so far. You you you, you turned on my cynical mm-hmm. switch today. That's fine. Some well, people like fun. that sometimes. <laughs> it's fun to it's fun to be cynical about whimsical fun things that don't hurt anybody because yeah. they are because that's that's ridiculous. It's as ridiculous as flipping a coin and giving you yourself powers. Uh, I'd say Mr. Bagby did deserve to be metaphorically slapped by the Twilight Zone, which I think we've already said anyway. Um, mm-hmm. Helen does she again she's such a just follows pull around uh, yeah she I don't, gets she gets to have sex gets with her him. man she gets her man I mean that's 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 kind she of she gets something that she never would have gotten to have otherwise probably. oh unattractive that's what it's not never gonna find anyone. no not I mean if that's the dude you want okay might never have happened yeah uh, Smithers though he he doesn't even notice the Twilight Zone's happening for the most part. He gets a trip to Bermuda, so yeah, good for good on him. He he comes out best in this episode. He's just unless he goes to Bermuda and then just walks into the water. Why wouldn't you do that? Maybe, maybe never to return. No, he just walks all the way into the ocean. Hey, maybe that's the perfect end for him. A poetic ending, you know. He's he's again. He's he's pretty old. I don't know why he's still working. To be honest, he looks very far past retirement age. Uh, ask me again in thirty years if I'm still working. 
Yeah, it might be a necessity, but I mean, clearly it's a professional job. And in, in 1961, he would have been getting like a decent salary at that job. It's not like he's, you know, like um, working at a convenience store. Yeah, even people who are working now are still able to retire for like another, I don't know, 10 years or so. When, when did convenience stores start? They were, I don't know, 1853? I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah, because we just, especially in Japan, they're on, well, they were on every corner. About a quarter of them have been closing recently, but because they were like too many. They had like totally oversaturated convenience stores. So, 1927. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So I guess by 1961, it would be pretty normal to, to work in a convenience store, but, but yes, this is a bank. So I'm getting way off topic. I mean, first bodega, the bodega dates back to 1846. Oh, okay. That's pretty similar store. So I don't know. I was, I was definitely thinking recently about how a lot of stuff in Atlanta is closing and being replaced by chain stores and, like how weird is it how weird is the chain store itself like there aren't really for most of history there have been shops but chains have only been around for about when shops you you would just go you go to the front counter tell them what you'd want and they would go back and get the stores right you didn't like shop around well but but it's just i'm just saying that through most of the history of stores existing there have not been chain stores it's okay. like an aber. I think it's an aberration, sort of like major record labels. Mm. Like there weren't re- major record labels before, like nineteen sixty-seven or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And there kind of aren't as many now, really. Right. It's just well, the, the fact that are kicking it. Yeah, some of them. But um, we'll see. How trippy is this episode for you? zero to five where do you want to go i'm gonna go two you know uh, i usually I, I always think of my score beforehand before the guest says it i usually i was, I was thinking 2.5 and then it's like i was just in the middle of the road but then i was like yeah but the sitcom i'm i'm can I, I i think i'm just gonna change it for once and, and go down to your two and agree with you with that. You've you've okay. also convinced me to delete half a point. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's not that trippy. Yeah. Like yeah. thoughts. Nope. If if <laughs> if even one person, if he read someone's thought their thoughts and they were just like, then then it would go up to like three. But I mean, if you really happen. were to hear someone's thoughts, you'd be getting James Joyce's Ulysses, you know? Yep. You you'd be getting those parts of the clockwork orange book you couldn't get through right that's actually the the idea of that actually being a a real thing like actually being able to read people's actual thoughts is actually extremely terrifying because you would find out at least someone you would find out something you didn't want to know and probably most people yeah uh, and also very scary it's not like what women want (laughs) what would you get like in this obviously he's getting full sentences sometimes being talked to but would you need to get a mix of um concepts of words maybe a bit of imagery emotions would would you need all of those components and possibly more to actually read someone's thought like just hearing like words really wouldn't do it i don't know i mean some people I guess don't it really think in words at all yeah some people don't really think in words at all they're certainly not sentences i, I think most people probably don't think in sentences but 
here I am guessing how people think again, so I, I could be wrong. <laughs> well, one of the scariest things of all is the recent news on the internet that some people don't have an internal monologue. I've dropped a fair amount of my internal monologue. What? I don't I don't internal monologue that much anymore. You can just stop doing it? Yeah, that's that's why people get into meditation, man. <laughs> hmm. But yeah, yeah I don't know. That is terrifying. That is terrifying to me. Like you go read somebody's mind, there's nothing there. That's pretty scary. But, well, the whole point is then you start, you know, noticing everything else, right? <laughs> I already do that. Okay. But then you're having an <laughs> internal monologue about it. So the whole point yes. is just to notice it and not. No, I have to not, internal monologue at the same time. It's like having 18 browser tabs open. Not, not as we, you know, not to analyze what you're seeing as we do every week on Time Enough Podcast. Which could be found. Uh, by the way, I assume you didn't. I, okay, I just explained the segue. So you know, you did there. a really good job, and then you completely shot it in the face. I did. I shot it right in the face, and you. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to say that. <laughs> and you can shoot us in the face uh, metaphorically on Twitter at Time Enough Podcast, Time Enough Pod on Twitter and Facebook. There, that's a much worse segue. <laughs> you can shoot tweets in our face. <laughs> that almost works yeah okay um, <laughs> or you could support us on patreon at podcastio podcastius where you get episodes early and you get to network around our other podcast where we talk about sci-fi films at matt and luke sci-fi sanctuary and for the gamer there's luke loves pokemon monster mash about monster hunter and the game game show which is for British guys screaming insults at each other. Uh, I just received confirmation to continue using that tag for the show. <laughs> <laughs> are you are you doing regular chats on uh, the Discord? That's Should correct. You plug that? uh, sure, I'll plug it because you just brought it up. That that's a yeah. different Discord, just to be really confusing. But if you would like to oh. come and chat here and there, that is. Um, Many of our guests are from Mission Log, and then many of my fans are on the Mission Log, or listeners, maybe you're a fan too, but on the Mission Log Discord, and I do a chat every other Monday morning about the two preceding episodes, and of course, tangents are as friendly as they are in the actual episodes we do. So, Which is um, Sunday night in the, the United States, or Sunday afternoon. Oh, if that's you're... right. That's right. Sorry. So, yeah. Sunday. I'm thinking about thinking about myself there. If you live in Japan, it's Monday morning. Okay. <laughs> Move to Japan so it could be Monday morning. There we go. Okay. So uh anyway, yes, I we're we're trying to have more, you know, like interactions with you, the listener, and we're and they're starting to actually happen. So that's pretty cool. Hey, um, sometimes I'll be there too. Radio. Are you up to anything? It is November 28th today. Thanksgiving. Is that actual Thanksgiving? No, that's a that's a sun Monday, so you you just Keep eating Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. You're you've Keep been eating you're, eating, you're eating the leftovers. Keep I'm eating not, the leftovers. I'm not a turkey fan. I like it if it's prepared well and I hate it if it's not. Okay, it dries out so, but I, you know, I haven't had a Thanksgiving meal in twelve plus years because uh, America is the only place where that is really a holiday. <laughs> what a shocker! <laughs> you don't give thanks for the time that that everyone in Japan slaughtered a bunch of natives and took their land. I kind of did that up in Hokkaido. <laughs> <laughs> dun, dun, dun. 
<laughs> but they didn't make a holiday for it so there's that <laughs> <laughs> once you go to china and then celebrate japanese occupation november 20th but hey i i will <laughs> shout that out um just if, if someone does want to go into a little bit of a knowledge dump that maybe they didn't know about it's the uh the ainu people i mean there are still ainu in hokkaido it's like you know it's like how first nation folks i guess are in parts of the state still but they have like their own distinctive uh they got their own language like their art style is very interesting so um mm. yeah yeah i knew culture in hokkaido that if you want to learn something about japan that is not uh i guess world famous that's that's a very interesting one to dive into cool okay. i looked i typed in hokkaido i knew and it gave me a shiba inu but you know i'll okay. find i'll figure you, it out you can you can finesse that search a little bit <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, you know such dog Flip a coin. Tell me what you get. Powers. 